Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We drink tequila, we talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Talk, talk. So, okay, let's pour. Ooh. We're pouring a favorite of Team Tequila. And our guests that we have coming up. Everybody, welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Your hosts, Cassandra Gina Mel and Sherian Gonzalez. Getting things started with a fancy tequila. We love fancy tequila here at Team Tequila Talks, obviously. And this is Casa Dragonas. We've talked about them before, and they are distilled in a volcano, um, or I guess on on a volcano, not in a volcano. Well, you probably that, die. Well, that would be really dangerous. I agree. Cheers. You want an orange? Can I have one? You may. Cheers. Oh, are we going to do the... Hold on. Let the, the date night... Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, oh. Getting romantic. Mm-hmm. Here at Team Tequila Talks. Okay. That shot was actually better. I think everyone should do that. A little date night arm swivel shot. I'll date night you. It was a tequila kiss. We date yeah. out all the time. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> so we have a we have a guest coming in today, Tish Galindo, and she is a boss bitch. So we decided to make a boss bitch drink. Yes, we did. Does anybody know what an espresso martini made with tequila is called? Well, I do. Well, yeah, but you cheated. I'm, I'm asking I, the people out there. Oh, I mean, I, I assumed it was called an express. I was Googling espresso margarita because I was like, if it has tequila in it, it's margarita. But no, no, we citrus. talked about this. I it's know. citrus. It's but some citrus. people put an orange peel, orange liqueur. They put, that's they true. put um, Cointreau inside of that's the. That's true. No, you're correct. So that, it could have been a margarita. I'm, I I mean, I wouldn't put a martini, espresso, or tequila or otherwise in the margarita category. I think they're two completely different types of beverages, personally. I, you don't in, shoot in my opinion. espresso martinis. No, you so, do or, or coffee? Eh, well, I have to get a little you cortado. Could, uh, like, like a, a little, little cortado yeah. shot. Mm, all right. That's a little complicated. I... I think it borders more on a martini because this looks better in the martini glass. It well, doesn't look as cute in a margarita glass. I want to talk about the explosion of the espresso martini right now. It's been around for a while. A hundred years at least. Yeah, it's been around for a hot minute. But I feel like it's really having its revival moment. You go anywhere and there's an espresso martini on the menu and people are drinking them. And if even if it's not on the menu, people are ordering them. You go to the bartender. I went to the – I sat at the bar the other day for lunch and said, what's your specialty? And he goes, espresso martini. I go, really? Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's kind of like everybody's right now. If I'm asking you for your specialty, I want something fun and exciting because I can get an espresso martini almost anywhere, You can right? make it at home. You yeah. can make it in the morning with your coffee. I mean, if, if it's Sunday football, like instead of That is a bold it, way to start your day. It, that is super bold. But if, if it's the Super Bowl, then maybe. And your <laughs> super team, bold for the Super Bowl. And if your team's playing it, that might be like. That's true. Rrr. Maybe you're getting pepped up for the day. Right. Okay, I, I'm not going to argue with you there. You're right. I think a lot of people over the, I know for me when I was in college and someone ordered like an espresso martini, it was usually when, when I was at dinner with my roommate's parents, yeah. yeah, you know, they got off work, they were taking her, her and her roommates out for dinner. And I was like, Ooh, why would anyone ever drink that? It's disgusting. They want to like class it up. Right. But it still was like an old people's drink. I looked at it. Yeah. Well, it was back then. And yeah. now it's like all of the Gen Zers are coming of age to drink. It's and they're like, bars. what's that? The same way that like Crocs are coming back. I hate it, but it's a thing. 
you know, the crock thing. Look, I it's will take an me. espresso martini over a crock <laughs> any day. Like I, I told my daughter, I was like, you know, you know, a lot of the dancers, they wear Crocs in between classes. And I'm like, do you want a pair of Crocs? And she's like, absolutely not. And I'm like, you are Good my girl. child. You yeah. are my child. They, I don't think plastic shoes, plastic shoes with holes in it. They're, I feel like they're foam. I don't even think they're plastic. Foam. I think they're like uh, squishy, aren't they? But they're probably not even I don't know. Like, I've never worn them. Are they recyclable? No. Well, then They that, have to be bad for the environment. But then that would be better if they were recyclable because they look like trash. So I figured. Like cork? Um, yeah, I don't think they're corky. I just don't agree with plastic, you know, plastic shoes with holes that you have to wear with socks. I, I, I literally hate them. I couldn't agree more. My husband loves them and listen to each their own, but I personally don't like them. I'm never, I'm not that type of person in a relationship. It's like, you can't wear that. Do you, you do you. I married you because I like you. Right. Even with all of your quirks. I just happen to not like Crocs. Right. (laughs) If you want to wear Crocs, you go ahead. You're just not going to see me in them. Which I agree. And I think a lot of, you know, young girls, and I think it's fashionable, but it's not sexy. I'm always trying to achieve a very good balance of, relaxed but cute but there are ways to be relaxed but cute that don't have like foam foot covers that have holes in them yeah it doesn't do it for me it's called a flip-flop some of the other fashion revivals right now while we're on this topic i am having a really hard time keeping up with denim trends i love denim so do i but i feel like i just saw this one instagram thing and it was it said how to give a millennial a Gen Z makeover. And I was kind of curious because the outfits looked very similar with subtle differences. Mm. So, for example, they're like, you got to wear the Chelsea boot now, not the Ugg boot. You've got to have a fitted crop cardigan, not a long, like, robe-like cardigan. Okay, so I just bought a it, – it, it, it was a cardigan pair that I got off on Zara, and it's like a crop cardigan with a – like a bra thing that, and you one button is snaps with one button. Yeah, the cardigan sets are very in right now, which I feel like were pretty big in the nineties. I feel like I'm going back to like that's my point, and especially with denim because now even you know we, I feel like we did the skinny, high waisted, stretchy jegging thing for so long, oh, and now that. it's like jeggings are mom jeans. Are you kidding me? If you if you have a tapered ankle right now, you are not killing it. No. And you, and those those Gen Zers are vicious. They are. They'll get you. I got I got I have cigarette pants like the cigarette leg. Yeah, so those are longer, but they kind of scrunch at the bottom. They do, right? but they're like a little like a tapered leg. I have some wide legs that I like to wear right now. I have some flares that I, I love a flare. I think it's flattering for my figure. So I agree. I, I mean, I think like, it's flattering for everyone's figure. I think it is because it gives you like an hourglass, and it's yeah. like oh no, but I'm going back out. It's like a, it's like a mermaid dress. So you either have to have correct me if I'm wrong. You You've either got to have the cropped jean, whether that is like, uh, you know, kind of stringy and raggedy or hemmed, but it's got to be ankle out or extra long. Extra long. But for me, that's hard because I'm short. So if it's too long, then I have to wear like a six inch heel, which is, or get it, or it's a lot or get it. So a lot of my pants, I have to get tailored, but yeah, you have to be extra long or, and covering the shoe. Which, I've seen a lot of the Gen Zers too. The low rise is coming back as well. You Am know, I misinterpreting, or is this a kid thing? This is a. I don't think. I, I do think there is a cutoff for. I mean, Miu Miu just did their Paris Fashion Week, and they have the low, the low skirt, and it's like a two inch skirt. Have you seen? It's like a pleated tennis skirt, but I'm, I'm not even joking. It's like three inches, and it's low. <laughs> And they had these models walk in. I'm like, that is a piece of toilet paper wrapped around pleated toilet paper. It's I'm out. I'm tapping out of the low rise anything. 
I run opposed to the low rise if it's balanced out with something else. Well, the low you're supposed to do like the Paris Hilton back in our day in 2000. Back it's, in our day, it's the, the Paris Hilton, the Paris the Hilton, Lindsay Christina, Lohan, Christina Aguilera, Christina Aguilera. The Britney Spears, where you had the low jeans but the kind of loose crop. Right, but the, I mean, there was a lot of stomach being shown back then, and I feel like with this particular revival. You can wear the low waist, but you're expected to not have your entire stomach out. It's more of a peekaboo as opposed to look at all of my abs. Right. And I think, but that's a structural thing. I have very small abs. You have a long, a long torso. I have small, I have a short torso. You have a long torso. So you're saying what's a peekaboo for me might be like... Are you kidding me? It goes to my Half bottom of my... No, a peekaboo for you probably touches oh, my Oh, got it, got it. It's the other way around. Because I have a short around. torso. Yeah. My torso is not that long. Like, this is not supposed to... Be, the skirt I'm wearing right now is not supposed to be high-rise. Well, that's another thing with denim trends. It's coming back jean skirts, which I've been waiting a decade for because I... I mean, love I love denim skirt. everything. I do. So I, I'll take any type of jean skirt that is back. I think all jeans back. I I have about 40, no, I'm lying. I have about 15 pairs of jeans in my closet and I gave some away. The reason being is that I am a jean whore. If I see a dope jean in a dope in a, in whatever label it is and I know I can fit it, I buy it. The problem with me is that I'll only wear two at a time for like of a whole year. Yeah. Because then I get married to the jean. You gym. get married to it. And, and then so I'm like, you've got a whole stack of denim in your closet. I know. And then I'm like, oh, I can only wear this jean for the next two years, for this whole year. Right now I have two jeans, my wide leg, and I have these cigarette legs, and then I have a flare jean. That's, I rotate them. Like to my to point, my husband, I went to New York and he's like, there's the trio. He opened there's my bag and he's like, trio. there's the girls. I missed you. Cause I'm not going to wear any other jean right now. And I'm like, it's emotional. There's Chelsea, Allison and Jennifer. Who are we taking out tonight? <laughs> I'm like, is it Chelsea? Really? Chelsea. <laughs> so true. So I also, I keep a bag. I, I have this huge bag of denim that mm-hmm. I put in storage. I sealed it up and put it in storage. Mm-hmm. And I my husband we, was I like, why don't have, you just throw it away? Yes. And I'm like, because this shit's coming back. Yes. It is coming back. Oh, if I would have never gotten rid of my um, my other jeans, then... You could have saved a fortune in denim shopping. Oh, my oh. Lord. I have one pair of my Frankie B jeans. Yeah. Okay, we're shaking. We have our guests. We have Tish Galindo. We're going to get introduce you to Tish in a minute. While Sherry shakes, shakes, shakes. You know she loves her shake weight move. Um, Today we are drinking a version of an espresso martini because Tish is a boss bitch. Yes, she is. We're going to get more into that. And we thought, what is appropriate for a boss bitch? And I said, a tequila espresso martini because you know you got to get your shit done you got to be caffeinated you got to be focused but you also want a little tequila in it for sure and you want to be surrounded with other boss bitches how about that correct love it so the funny thing is is we were looking up the ratios of the espresso martini recipe, I guess, because there's a couple different ways that you can make it. And, you know, this espresso martini revival thing is a thing, and so many bartenders are kind of putting their spin on an espresso martini. And there's a couple different brands that you can use. We're going to talk more about brands, too. And there's a couple different ratios. There's different ways, you know, you you could use Mr. Black. You can use Kahlua. You can use espresso. Mm. You can use cold brew. You can use different types of tequila do you use a reposado do you use a silver so there's a few options but when i looked it up i found out that a tequila espresso martini is actually called el jefe 
So it's so appropriate <laughs> as a boss bitch drink. And I was actually suggesting that maybe we change it to like El Jefita. El Jefita, or, las dueñas, las patronas. Yeah. Oh, yeah there las you go. Patronas. Cheers. Here you go. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. And I have to say it's made with one of your favorite favorites, Casa Dragonas mm. Blanco. So we had to make it Casa extra Dragones. boss bitch and make it the ultra, ultra premium. 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 Yes. We, I know. It's so good. Ooh, mm-hmm. That curled my eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's like five o'clock, people. Four Which, o'clock, five o'clock but here. But you could so. still go back and do work it's after this. It's espresso time. You mm-hmm. can do work and have an espresso martini right before a big mm-hmm. meeting just to get a little hair on your chest, get that heat going. Mm-hmm. Well, this was like back in the 50s. But People would candy, go have three. But this is candy. This is good. So good, right? It'll and back in up. the fifties, like people would do three martinis at lunch and then just go back to work. And now we don't really do that because we also know that those weren't the healthiest work environments. But well, my but well, but tequila, tequila does have health benefits. Of so, course it does. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna like make excuses and rationalize. Yes. Well, I mean in Spain. I mean, my husband was working there, and every day for lunch, they had bottles of red wine on the table and and white wine and sparkling wine just to, like they said, just to wet your tongue for the rest of the day so you look can look forward to the rest of your evening. So as a Latina, I didn't know that that wasn't a thing. We grew up with red wine, and then the, the men, because it is like a, a male culture, the men always, you know, had tequila for lunch. It's just oh, a thing. They did that, too, in your culture, not just like a European. Mm-mm. Mexican culture, I mean, it's typical to have like a tequila shot during the day and it just gets the juices, but no one overdrinks. No. Interesting. That is interesting. It's just a normal, and I'm like, yeah, tequila shot. Why not? Can we normalize it? Actually, not even tequila shot. It's sipped, right? Right. So it's Mexican sipped. Culture, so it's sipped and you enjoy the tequila. And then here it's just like, pour the tequila. And so it's such a different way of looking at it. But yes, I'm not surprised. So. Cheers to that. Cheers, Cheers to, to that. To a five o'clock martini and um, with a little express, a little kick, mm, little it's delicious, kick. a little kick. So wait, Tish Galindo hit us with some info. Is the CEO and founder of the Three Sixty Agency, yeah. which is a multicultural agency with multi-segment capabilities, mm-hmm. which is a very, very nice way to say, so "What do you do? <laughs> what do we do?" <laughs> Um, first of all, thank you. Yes. I love being in the companionship of other boss women. I love everything that you're doing. Um, kudos to you to just like following a dream and a passion. So thank that's you. awesome. We are passionate about we tequila. Are. Yes, you are. You're creative and fun about it. And you said something about 1950s. In the 1950s, women wouldn't have been having a cocktail. It was also such a male culture thing. Right. And here we are as women just defining our way and creating drinks that we love and then having, you know, just companionship amongst women. So I love Which, this. Yes. About the agency. So, yes, founded it 12 years ago. Um, we help brands grow with multicultural markets, and uh, multicultural is the new mainstream. So we have global brands that we help shape their way into growth. And so we get to do really creative things. Um, we live in the space of social, digital branding, and some of our clients are um, AT&T, Expedia, Hotels.com, um, 
And HBO, VRBO, so yeah, some 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 new up and comers, it's a little tiny brand, <laughs> it's a little tiny brand that you may have heard of. I mean, and you've worked with like Samsung, the Spurs, and the list goes on the and list on. Goes on. And you do you attach? I think what when I was like researching your, I mean, I know you, but I was also researching your company, and I was like, there's certain type of branding agencies. Some do people. They just attach, they get like a bunch of athletes or celebrities together and they're like, you know, you know, your Instagram is trending more males. So yeah. we're going to go to Gillette sensors. Right. Is that what, do you attach these big brands? So you, you're the opposite. You have the big brands that you're trying to attach to the talent. So we do a lot of what used to be called branded entertainment, where you worked with a lot of celebrity to really kind of move a brand forward and get them closer to their audience. And what was the best ways to work like with celebrity and artist talent to help make that connection today we call them influencers right and we know the power of micro influencers and how powerful they really are in a conversation our job is to grow a brand's audience who they're in relationship with and essentially it grows the brand's ability to sell to them so we used to use the lebrons of the world who we've done work with john legend all of them but equally as powerful are these micro influencers that people attach to and really believe in. I think that's us. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is, yeah. I think we're micro yes, influencers. You are. So I was just going to say, you what are. what defines a micro influencer? Is it a certain number of followers? Is it a certain number of engagement? Is it a certain number of posts or present or brand presence or brand development? What would make you look at somebody and go, "That's a micro influencer." Yes to all of it is that you have an expertise in an area where people really value you and they follow you because of it. And you serve as a conduit to brands like Casa Dragones, who's like, hey, I want to talk to your audience. And rather than me going to them, it's really this repositioning of C to B, which is consumers are driving it used to be where brands could come and just talk to you. Well, it's not the case anymore. Consumers are so intelligent. They want to have a conversation where it meets their needs. And so they're already following you because you're fun and dynamic and smart and you make great cocktails. <laughs> so there's a lot of authenticity there and they believe in what you're sharing with them. So Casa Dragones would say, I want to talk to your audience and I can't come to them without them thinking that we're just doing a hard sell. We actually do want them to have a wonderful experience. Can you help us connect to that audience? And they already love you. They already follow you. So my job is to solve that problem for Casa Dragones, speak to women like you, um, influencers, and create these moments, these experiences where now Casa Dragones isn't selling. They're actually in relationship with the consumer. And you serve as that conduit to me because they love you. And it, it feels natural. It is natural. It's organic. And it's valuable to them. We're giving them something like really amazing espresso martinis that I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to make it for the rest of the evening? We will make it. <laughs> so that's what I do. And back to your question, it is based on following but engagement, we're not just looking for following, but are people involved? Are they responding to you? So you can have a million followers, but if you have less than like a 3% engagement, I don't know how much you're really influencing. 
And right now what we find is that people are very responsive to video, short video. The reels on Instagram. Because our attention span is like nothing. But Um, you would think, see, this is where it's counterintuitive because I know that reels and videos are replacing photos, but photos doesn't require, photos don't require an attention span. You just look at them and go, yes, I'm vibing with this or no, I'm not. But it's less about I have to sit here and watch a multi-second or minute-long video. So it seems counterintuitive to me that we're making this shift to reels and TikToks and and videos. It's the content. So an image is only going to tell you so much, but when we have a little bit more storytelling, um, people don't want to read. They don't want to figure it out. They don't want to think. They want you to give it a quick, snackable, snackable. So you're saying that reels are not replacing photos, really. Reels are replacing blogs because they don't want to read a whole blog with photos and et cetera, et cetera. They want it summed up in a seven-second vibe in a reel. Yes, unless I do, and you gave me enough, so now I do, and now I want to go into the YouTube content and actually understand the entire recipe or, you know, the how-to but you got to give me enough to capture me, to get me engaged and be like, I'm actually interested in knowing more about this. So we're constantly trying to figure out how to be in relationship with that consumer. Wow. Mm -hmm. So like basically consumers, these brands want kind of like, it's, it's almost like the egg has hatched and they're attaching to after the egg is hatched and you have your audience you're living your life, and but they want it so authentic. Because I remember me and my husband, we did like a branded deal with a company, and they approached us because they were like, your family is exactly what we want for this. And we are like, oh, okay. They're like, no, because you're actually in love. Are you still married? We're like, yeah, we're married. They did three <laughs> interviews with and us. And in love. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did three interviews with us. To be like, are you guys living together? We're like, yeah. They're like, and you're not separated. And that's how much they were like, we don't want to put out like contrived content because the consumer is so smart. so smart and they'll look back on your page and be like, they're not, they haven't been together. This is a lie when they're selling this family that's in love with a beautiful little girl and they want you to buy their jeans. And I was like, this is very intense. It was like three interviews. I love it. I think it's really taking like the varnish off things and what audiences are asking for is, Give me the unvarnished, relatable, nitty gritty authenticity. Yeah, yeah. authenticity and, and authenticity is such a like a buzzword in my industry. Sometimes it's like, oh, what is authenticity? Um, but people just want relatable content, even like ad spots. And I, I think the advertising industry is, you know, up for a challenge. It doesn't perform as well. I think the the numbers are three percent retention rate versus 6% when it's non-ad spot, non-scripted. People want to watch the unscripted, natural, organic, grainy influencer, micro-influencer content. But see, this is my issue. So like I've heard the word authentic when it comes to branding Mm -hmm. and um, with my husband and he doesn't attach himself to a lot of brands. If he doesn't use the product, that's just him. I know him. Yeah. He's a, he's a values guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to freaking do a Carl's Jr. ad. I don't need that. I was going to say they, they approached Steven and I for a family McDonald's and I go, absolutely not. I don't need to hear any of the rest of this. Yeah. We, we, this goes against everything that I stand for. Right. And, (laughs) but I think, 
you and know, your, and your audience would know that. Of course. Oh, well, she, you know. of course. I mean, she, we're all about nutrition and tequila here. Right. So it's like, but because there are some health benefits, there are, there's a ton and mixed with a good diet. You're like winning, but it's like, I heard that word, but then you look at some of the Photoshopping and this really porcelain type of people on Instagram that are also getting deals. So I'm like, well, that's not very authentic when you're making your waist smaller and you're photoshopping to pissivity, mm-hmm. but they're still getting branding deals. So some companies still like that overdone, over contour, talking about females mm-hmm. look. Like I hate to call it a Kardashian look, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's their look, but some companies are like, no, is it their influence or their look? So I have a thought on that because obviously people love, for example, fashion. And high fashion is a thing. High fashion is you're in Paris, Fashion Week, crazy brands, and all of these runways with supermodels and celebrities in the audience and and famous designers and, you know, OG influencers and new age influencers. But you look at the clothes on the runway and you go, well, that's art. That's not something you would see on the street. But people still love it and appreciate it as art. Now, I'm not directly saying that an over-photoshopped photo is art. But there's an aesthetic to it that I think that that's why some people really lean into it is because in the same way that you'd use a filter or you'd cartoon something, there's there's a vibe to it. There's a brand. There's... There's just a certain look to it. So you like the cover of the magazines back in the day or even now. So it's a moving magazine. Yeah. So if you're on TikTok and using a bunch of Photoshopping tools, it's just a moving, it's just like you're, it's art is what you're saying. Yeah. Or it's, it's a version of, I I hate the word art because some people are going to be like, well, what kind of art ruins body positivity? And that's not really what I'm saying. You know, for example, I don't get long nails done because for a variety of reasons, but don't that hate. doesn't mean that I don't appreciate because it doesn't work for me, but it works for you guys. It's an aesthetic, right? right. And like there you, it's you part of our brand, a hundred percent. And by the way, I wish I could do the long nails thing. I I, I bite them to oh, holy hell, and then they, it cracks my actual nails, and so I just I got to stick to my minimal, it cracks mine too. minimal natural. But it's part of the price. But so. Well, and some people love like the colored lashes yeah. and I don't want that all the time, maybe for a party, but I respect that that's a form of self-expression. So I think it's an aesthetic. I think it's a form of self-expression. I think it can be a vibe. I'm I'm not trying to say that all photos should be Photoshopped, but like some photos, people also choose to post in black and white. And that is a specific vibe or a specific look that someone's going for. So I just think that that's where people are coming from when it comes to wanting to Photoshop things into a specific look. I I think what we're all asking for is transparency. Like, yeah, do it, but don't be ashamed about it. Call it what it is because, look, there's something aspirational about seeing runway and art form, and it inspires. It's aspirational. Great. But I think that when we do get into a culture, and maybe this is going off track of like what branding work is, but when we get into this um, filter culture, um, and we try to deny that it's a filter. Hashtag no makeup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what does that really do? And then it's a false expectation all the way around. And I know there's like this whole article on Kim Kardashian saying like, I get minimal work done. And there's a lot of criticism around it because... 
it doesn't set up women, younger women. Like, can you really reach that? Is it really natural? Does she owe us honesty around whether she gets work or not? I don't know. I don't know that she does. What she does owe us is to not lie not about lying it. about it because she doesn't have to tell us her the secrets, truth, but she does need to not lie about it. I agree, and I think Jennifer Lawrence, this actress, uh, is I promoting. Remember. I love her, and she yeah. was saying like, "It's cool." But unfortunately, young girls are watching you and you're selling your makeup to younger girls, like most women. Right. Saying, it's just the lip liner and nothing right. else. Right. And also right. saying, right. like, oh, no, my, I ha- my, after my kids, my cheeks grew. Like, that's just right. not a real thing. Like, yeah. ergonomic, <laughs> if anything, it's the opposite. It's the right. opposite. So, and we've seen her morph over the years. And look, does she have great work? Yeah. yeah. Do people, could she benefit and maybe partner with a plastic surgeon or partner with a guy doing injections and maybe put her name at the Kardashian Botox clinic and make a billion more? Probably. Probably yeah. You know? Or if you don't want to share your secrets, don't share your secrets, but don't lie about it because it just, it's yeah. not transparent. It doesn't set up younger women, actually any woman, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, oh my God, she looks like that right now. Like, oh my God. So, I don't think that I owe anybody like all my secrets, but I think I do owe you honesty and right. and at least saying, oh, you know, I, I don't know that I want to share. Right. What's your I, secret, Nanya? Nanya business. Nanya. What? So tequila so, at so five. speaking right. of tequila at five, let's get into this beautiful pink bottle over here. What is this? What okay. Is that so dish? This, what are we drinking? I, so I. Really don't know. Okay, so one of my staffers gave it to me. They know I'm a tequila lover. Yes. And I don't know enough about rose tequila. This is. But I thought, what better than sharing pink tequila? Absolutely. So this is baby pink. This is like barely pink. pink. Yeah. And some of the rose. It kind of matches your nails, your long, beautiful (laughs) nails that I appreciate. Clink, 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 clink. Um, So this is called Tequila Rosa Blanco. So this is a Rosa Blanco. It's like a Rosa Mm -hmm. white. Tally Rosa. This is what we call a Hoven. Yes, 100% de agave. Thank you for mm-hmm. bringing that because yes. we do nothing less here. So let's pour it up. It's pretty clear. Yeah, we would have had to make you check it at the door if I know. Well, well, Tish is a tequila oh. aficionado. A purist? Are you a purist? Oh, yeah. She will yeah. sip. You're me. not mad that we mix the Dragonis with espresso? I was. <laughs> Dragonis should be um, chilled and it should be pure and straight. But see, okay. see the boss telling us? <laughs> yeah, keeping us in line. Like, oh, my God. Okay. The, the checking our El Jafita or La, La, La Jafita. Because what do we? Ooh, because what do we call it? Great tequila is sipped, and then you. I agree. We're I we're gonna, gonna get you your Casa Cheers. de Gronas pure pure. Mm. Fruity. It is very fruity. Yeah, but it's fruit forward. I wouldn't say that it's fruity on the back end. No. That sounded it's a actually, little sexual. Well, it, <laughs> uh, I don't like my back end, okay? Don't touch my back end. <laughs> I like my back end to myself. <laughs> Jury's out on Cassandra. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking that if, if somebody was going to be in the vicinity of my back end, I'd want it to be fruity, okay? I want my... Right. Wait, so I will say... I want my back to myself. Right. <laughs> 
I would say this is a good beginner. Yeah, it's very approachable. It is so approachable, so light. It is very easy to drink. This is this is the tequila that someone's like, I don't really do tequila, and Mm -hmm. then you you say, well, how about this one? This one is super smooth. It doesn't pack a punch. It is fruit forward for sure. Um, and it has a little bit of that tequila taste at the back end, that kind of, um, I don't want to say spicy, but you know, it, 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 you can feel it going down your throat, Mm -hmm. but then it just kind of goes away right after. It's not the kind that lingers. So I feel like this is pretty, we are so spot on. This is a California Rosa Blanco, Mm -hmm. hence the name Cali Rosa. Okay. Hold on. What makes it California? Because we know that tequila has to come from Mexico. Mm -hmm. It is aged in California red wine barrels there for 30 is. days. Awesome. This is from Brenda, who I, I believe she was on a trip, and she brought this back. Shout out to Brenda. Hey, mm-hmm. Brenda. Thank you. Yeah, and this has notes of strawberry, raspberry, honey, and the flavor is agave for with orange, cherry, and dark berry notes. That's a lot of fruit. So we are very aficionados because we said fruit forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, we've tasted tequila a time or two. So this had a 93-point score, which is pretty high. That's pretty high. Yeah. This is a good beginner. I think that's because it's really smooth. Yeah, and if you're interested in trying yeah. a new, you know, Rosa Blanco or, yeah. or Reposado. Well, no, we had a Reposado Rosa the other day. Yeah, and this is, is a, a whole this is a Blanco. This, this, that's why it's so much lighter and so much, um, I don't want to say more clear but kind of it's like kind it of, looks like, thinner you can do instead of a song instead of doing a sangria i would do a t- tequila with this It'd be so nice tequila. with some fruit. tequila like right. maybe some soda kind of like a tequila spo- soda some spritzy fruit. type sangria mm-hmm. situation yeah if you don't want to get too drunk like my gel <laughs> oh damn we're failing <laughs> we're failing tish today she I, I that's my tequila, but no, yes. <laughs> she, so a, she is a purist. She's oh a, well, no, she said I like mine chilled. We don't have it chilled, so well, negative. We, can, we have a shaker. We have ice. We can make this happen. Um, we do not have ice. Our shaker is consumed with espresso <laughs> martini. We well, are. We failing. can pour it, and then we can. We're going to shake the next one for you. Okay, we're we going to send Sherry on a mission. Yes, I will She's go get some ice. I will get some ice them. L cubes. So okay. wait. So I, I love these, by the way. Where did these little These pieces? came from one of our favorite brands, Del Maguey. Del Maguey Mezcal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our friend, the Southwest Wes of Del Maguey, mm-hmm. she left us these as a, as a souvenir, and they're perfect for little tasting sippers. Mm-hmm. They're amazing mm-hmm. because they're handmade, and they're just little guys with that really, uh, like you said, authentic vibe Uh, it's pretty good yeah it's good wait so before we dig into the chilled what's our what's our third tequila our third tequila is viva Viva. it's viva 32 viva 32 okay so yvonne um niami who is a founder developer and distributor of this tequila i'm so proud of her she's u.s born of mexican parents And she, too, had this mission where she wanted to bring some of her culture, her heritage to life. So I love, like, the modern bottle. Love the bottle. Love them. Um, Made so that you can easily hold it. This is the Blanco. And the 32 is about the 32 um, perfect temperature for it to be chilled. So 32 degrees. It's freezing point. I was just about to say, is she going to be mad if... We chill it, and you're saying absolutely not. not. You're supposed to chill it. Yes, and that's some bougie ass shit where it gives you directions on the damn tag. It's, it's Viva 32 means at 32 did Celsius. Did you bring your thermometer, Sherry? Perfection. I did not. Um, and then I love what it stands for. Um, besides Viva 32 being, it's a spicy um, tequila. 
10% of all profits go to um, the Humane Animal Society. And so she's a huge lover of of puppies and dogs. So, um, yeah, it stands for, it's purposeful. So I really like that it says on here, the taste is crafted to have one only partner, ice. No chase of lime or slap in the face necessary. See, that's how tequila is supposed to oh, be. I'm, you I shouldn't mean, have to have a slap in the face. You shouldn't have to have a, a bitter lime. I call to it the it asshole down. face. Yeah, well, see, this is actually the funny thing is, is we had oranges here for our Dragonas earlier because we don't really do limes here at Team Tequila Talks unless it is as part of a cocktail, meaning yeah. like we did like a coconut lime martini yeah. and, in a, and and basic margaritas sometimes we'll mix in some lime along with other citrus when we, we, you know, we have guests on that say, I love a margarita. I love this. I love that. And we always love to support everybody where they are at on their tequila journey, which is for, which is, I mean, inclusive, inclusive of everybody everywhere. There are some nights. We have a lot of people that come on and just want to sip. We have lots of people who come on who want to sip and we are unopposed. Okay. We're, uh, we're going to go get some ice. Are you going to get some ice? Okay. Okay. So Cassandra, tell me what got you so excited about doing tequila so I've always been a massive tequila fan, and I'm always the person at the bar that's like, put down that vodka soda, you're making a mistake. <laughs> I 100% yeah, I am, say, here's what you should be drinking, let's look at what's in the bar, and let's get you onto tequila because it's does have, it does have health benefits, as you mentioned, and it's an upper, not a downer, and... A lot of alcohol is more sedating, sedative, Mm -hmm. sedating. And I just really think that if people knew how to properly drink tequila and if people were educated about tequila, they drink more of it. And this is kind of my issue. This is one of the reasons why I love what's on this tag here. One of my issues is that people, the second that they ask for a tequila shot, they immediately make the face before they even have it and they ask for a lime. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's actually sip it and taste it properly. And that's going to mean like putting your tongue to the roof of your mouth and breathing out so you can experience the flavors like an essential oil that come out of your mouth or that come out that, that you breathe out as you are sipping it. Right. And once you are drinking a proper tequila in a proper way, it changes the opinion of tequila for so many people. Right. The opinion about tequila yeah. for so many people. And so I have always been trying to tell people this, but then, you know, you're, there's people drinking at a bar or a restaurant that's loud. There's a lot going on. So you just want to have the ability to educate people about tequila in a way that's going to be lasting and make them want to be adventurous, make them want to experiment. And love, love it. Well, and I think what you're touching on, which is really important to Mexican culture, is that it's a spirit to be appreciated. And somewhere along the line, it became like a shoot. And then I think it just learned behavior. Well, you know, Everyone thought like, oh, you're supposed to shoot it and it sucks. And eat the worm. Yeah, no. So we've, to- <laughs> we've actually talked about this before. But for anybody who hasn't caught it on a previous episode, you know, the one of the reasons that tequila kind of got a bad reputation was because somewhere in the, the mid-century, I'd say, uh, the Sousa family and the Cuervo mm-hmm. family yes. started sending tequila to the United States, except for they were sending their mixtos, mm-hmm. which was only 50% agave. So to give you an idea, we only drink 100% in this room. This was 50%. Mm-hmm. So what's the other 
sugar water. Sugar. And so when you mix the tequila with sugar water, cheers. Thank you, Sherry. We have chilled Tish Galindo's uh, Casa Dragones. I sweat it to get this ice. Um, I I walked a mile. I would say that that is exactly 32 degrees, Sherry. So good work by you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's That's very light. I used my mom temperature. (laughs) (laughs) No fever. (laughs) (laughs) I I touched the shaker. Yeah, but but you got weird hand temperature. I do. I do. So I think that, you know, we we (laughs) want to find tequilas that are good for everybody. We want tequilas that are approachable for the first timers, and we want tequilas that are grassy and earthy and spicy and complex for people that love tequila and really appreciate it. Because our whole point is that tequila is has has such a range, and there are so many ways to do it. One of my favorite quotes was when we had Comos on, and they said, "It's your tequila; drink it how you want it." Yes. So you've got your purists for sure. And then you have on the other end of that, it's your tequila, drink it how you want it. And our whole point is that find where you are on the spectrum and come and drink some good tequila and just appreciate it. You shouldn't be making a face after it. You shouldn't look like someone just jabbed you in the side. You should be enjoying your tequila. It's true. And I accidentally poured, because maybe I've had too much tequila, the Casa Dragones instead of the Viva 32. Girl. Stop it. Real true facts. Oh my god! Look I, at that. It's I, not even. I don't. Even, <laughs> I'm like, wow. This wasn't as spicy as it normally is. I did okay. near, but then I, I did, thought it was. I my, did the proximity. It was like near tequila. This is. I, I just like. Oh, this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, we gotta go get more. I know. Is there still ice in there? There's still ice, but I don't want to mix. Then I want to mix the flavors. Well, hold on, but let me do this. Because it's still a good amount of ice. Sherry, mm-hmm. Sherry. Okay, well, while she's doing that, I'm going to put this in front of you. So, you, yes. so we yes. um, But wait, so we touched on micro-targeting brands, which is one of my questions. Yes. Uh, micro-targeting with brands. Now, are you a – do you go on set with people? Because, like, I've, I, I know a few people in brand marketing and, you know, depending on the agency you're with, they're very, like, I'm going to connect you and I'm done. Yeah, no, no. We go on set, and um, I've had, like, an incredible career of going on set with just icons in the industry. And then in, I think, like, one, two of the icons that I would have been, like, oh, my God, over the roof with are LeBron and John Legend, and that all happened during COVID. So we had to do that all remotely. And I'm like, how does this happen? How do I, like finally get to an epic point in my career oh, and like no. lebron like the goat of goats right like, they just wouldn't let you were you on zoom were you just we, watching we, we, from we produced everything through his team maverick mm-hmm. and through um yeah really zoom and a very limited team so like how does this happen i finally get to work like with this individual and it happened that way like one of the goats and then the same with um john legend we created the spot for verbo Uh uh-huh and it's called verbo verbo um, i've always said vrbo it's called verbo it's verbo it's breaking news here people it's called verbo Verbo. and without a verb because the verb is the e but it's not there it's vacation rental by owners so it's verbo and we um created this this opportunity with um, the John Legend music piece and I can see clearly now and it was actually a kind of a, a coming together during COVID of seeing clearly now in like a new horizon mm-hmm. and you should come stay together during 
um, you know, during this time and that it could be safe with the people that you love. Anyway, it was an incredible time, an epic moment. And it was all shit. kind of remotely with masks. I'm like, well, I saw that spot, that and then and then cheers. you inst- cheers. This okay, is now actually our Viva 32. Now Viva, Viva 32. Chilled at 32. I checked with my mom hands. Okay, I don't Let's know see. if you're all 32 yet. But... Mm, never, never. I wouldn't say it's spicy. I'd say it's spiced. It's spiced and, and as it licorice. Ah, spiced. Tell me about that. Spiced. spiced. Ah. She's from Texas. Yeah. Mm. They they add they had uh, vowels at the end. Uh, yeah, I think that it's. I feel it's like I, it's more like. It's, I feel like it is. It is a licorice. Licorice. Mm. I'm tasting licorice. Um, well, I I have a question for you because you know obviously you've got um, y- this is your friend's brand, but I want to know you you've worked in branding and you've worked with celebrities, and now we have celebrities that are attaching themselves to tequila brands. And we've talked about this before. You know, there are tons of people that have Did tequila Did my composure change? <laughs> you shifted in your seat, ma'am. It's because it's authenticity. Give right? us that right. BTS information. Yeah. We want to know, like, how does a celebrity get paired up with a brand? What are the industry secrets here that you are allowed to tell us? Oh, God. I don't know if I can go on that, you know, that rant. So I love what Casamigos did for the industry. We but love I, Casamigos here. Yep. I also think that there are a lot of issues going on in Tequila, Mexico, that need to benefit from the prosperous boom of tequila in the U.S. And I think it's going to be global. Like, I'm not trying to swim in, like, the spread ocean of the U.S. I think that tequila is going to be global. So I'm incredibly excited about that. So um, Diddy's doing a great job with De Leon. Mm -hmm. I think it's a beautiful bottle. I think there's room for women. I think there's a lot of women, uh, room for women. And, um, and... I think that in anything we want to make sure at least my values are sustainability, giving back, and authenticity, right? Like from time to time I do take issue because I do think it's important that it benefit the culture and its origins in some way. So what we're all going to do is promote something that gives back to that community where you have himadores who work incredibly hard and aren't seeing the benefits of the profits of the boom in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So the question was, how do I feel about celebrity endorsing it? Mm-hmm. Celebrity think, tequilas. Celebrity yeah. tequilas. Or owning it. Or owning it. I think it's powerful in the way of raising awareness. Like, I love that part of it. And then I think it's missing the component of how are you giving back? How is it enriching the communities and its origins? And how are you moving culture forward, like Mexican culture? Yep. How are you moving forward Latino culture? How are you helping the people who are actually, you know, like... Making I, it. Making it. And, right. it, you know... It's their process. Have you all been to Tequila? Have you been to any of the? We have never distur- been. You to- are coming. Let's you, go. I am Let's go right now. Yes. Oh my Let's god. Go right now. Okay. So, Viva Thirty Two is in the same distillery as Casa um, Casa um, 
Not amigos. I'm no, sorry. Blade. No, 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 no. Casa Nogos. Casa Drogas? Dragonas. Dragonas. Oh, it's in the same distillery. So wow. Nom. That's the nom. Yeah. We are planning a trip. It's okay. fabulous. So you want to do Mexico with Tish? Te- tequila country. Tequila country is like the Napa. It's great restaurants. I mean, there's like you know, it's Mexico at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but there's fabulous food. There's a great experience. There's culture. There's love. So I can't wait. Like we're planning. I've never had a bad time in Mexico. Never. We went for New Year's. Me yep. and Cassandra did with our husbands. I didn't um, get the memo. To be, but <laughs> carry on. You're the one who told me to go. <laughs> oh, we went to Via de Guadalupe. Oh, yeah. Valle, yeah. Valle, Valle, Valley, not Valle. house. Well, on that note, we do have to wrap it up. Oh, yes. Tish, thank you so much for shedding a little light on the branding industry and uh, just giving everybody a little insight to the life of a female entrepreneur and tequila enthusiast. And we are now called micro-influencers, me and Cassandra. I might change our handle to tequila micro-influencers. I like it. (laughs) I like it a lot. Add it. Tish, thank you for joining us. And as always, thank you. subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. And on Instagram. We're still working on that TikTok thing, aren't we? Tickle Tackle has been manned down because of <laughs> other reasons. Thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next week on Team Tequila Talks. Adios. Thank you so much, Tish. I might be drunk. You can't. One after the other. I mean... We did a few, but it's tequila in an hour. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It cycles through. And it was- Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.